Hey, this is Jake with Dance Advisor Podcast. This is episode two. Welcome. I am joined by my lovely co-host. Amanda. And we are so happy that you decide to take the time out and listen to us again, even after that first episode. So how are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. We actually have a new microphone set up today, and it's weirded me out a little bit. It's really close to my face, so I'm just I'm getting in the zone, getting comfortable with this thing. Okay, welcome to professional podcast land. Yep, it's weird. Uh, but it's going to sound way better, so thanks for putting up with that first episode. We just had to get it out and couldn't wait for our equipment to, to work properly. So, uh, so hopefully you enjoy the sound better this time. Uh, of course, if not, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, that's fine, too. Um, our theme this week, the title of this podcast episode is Should I Stay or Should I Go? Insert song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Right there. That is a great song. I may actually try to do that. Uh, if you hear it, I was successful. If you don't, I you wasn't weren't successful. successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just had this idea because uh, this is a time of year when uh, you know studios are ending their year, uh, recitals are happening, and it's the time when a lot of dancers um, will consider or contemplate if they should stay at the studio that they're at training or if they should go elsewhere. So that's a big decision. And there's a lot of factors that come into that. So we thought we'd look at it from a few different angles. We thought we'd look at it from a dancer's perspective and then also from a parent's perspective. And then what else, Amanda? The studio owner. Yeah, the studio owner. So um, if you fall into one of those categories, again, we'd love to have your feedback and any uh, in the trenches stories about your decisions to either stay or, or go or what made you leave or what made you stay. Um, but it's a big deal. I mean, dance training is a big deal. And I think for a lot of dancers, they spend more time at the studio than they do maybe even at home. Mm-hmm. Well, and not just the time aspect, it's financial. Yes. You're investing a lot into your training. So you want to be, make sure you're, you know, getting what you pay for, but also having it be a positive in your life. So if you, if it becomes a negative, obviously it's time to kind of reevaluate where you're at, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. So, um, so from a dancer's perspective and thinking about, uh, should I stay or should I go? I think there's a handful of reasons, uh, that can come up that would prompt somebody, um, to make the choice or look for, look for a, a reason to leave to another studio. So uh, the first thing that comes to mind and probably the most prevalent today is, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see it, but bullying and I do that because there's lots of different ways that that happens. And sometimes it's overstated. Sometimes it's just dealing with life. But other times it's legit bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what do you think about that as a reason to leave a studio? I think that obviously it is something that needs to be addressed first with the teacher or studio owner. Um Instead of just letting it go by, especially because the bully themselves, they need to learn that that's not acceptable. So if the person just leaves and it's not addressed, then that's difficult. Bullying is a very, very difficult thing to deal with, especially because bullies can be very sneaky. Subversive. And insidious. You can't really, you know, a lot of times the teacher doesn't notice it. So that's. 
that is a difficult situation to deal with I, for sure. I think back to one of the times when we were owned a studio and had a dancer approach us about that very subject. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking, I believe you 100%. Like I can totally yes. tell what you're saying 100%. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. But I haven't been able to physically prove it. There's right. nothing I can do. I've not seen it personally. So it's... <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where it's really hard to um again it does need to be addressed and you do need to say it um and I think that's the other thing is is if you're a student and you're dealing with these issues at the studio communicate talk yes. to somebody talk to somebody that yeah. you trust and respect you can share your feelings with and you know what not everyone's going to think oh you're just being petty you're just being if at the very least if I'm a teacher in a class and I see that somebody um, is not enjoying class, and I can tell that their that their joy is being affected. I want to know, like mm-hmm. I want to know what that what's happening and why that's happening. And it may be something that even as a teacher you can you can address. And if it does go back to bullying, it really needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. So that's something that as a student, you need to let your teacher know right away if someone is bullying you. Um, the longer that it's put off the more difficult it is to deal with and obviously the more damaging it is to the student. Yeah. So, and no teacher wants that in their classroom. No, no. So really just that, and that falls back a lot on the teacher and the studio owner to have a nice open dynamic and dialogue when it comes to something like that. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I know I've witnessed bullying happen in a classroom setting and where a dancer says out loud in front of the whole class, you know, asking, does the pirouette go to the right or to the left? And then they'll look at the dancer who's doing it wrong. Uh, that's a form of bullying. They're, they're proving a point and making the other person feel dumb from out that. So if you're a teacher, you need to be aware of those things too mm-hmm. and, not, and, and then address that. And I've even called out students and saying, if, you know, Sally or Susie isn't doing it right, just let her know, be a friend and saying, Hey, the turns to the right, not to the left. Like that's what a friend does. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, there's a way, but here's, I guess here's my other fear is sometimes when bullying happens, a dancer will tell their parents that they're not enjoying the class anymore or that their teachers mean or, or some, they'll, they'll divert the well, energy. We're dealing with, you know, younger children sometimes that don't have the capability of even possibly identifying why they're really miserable in class. Right. So it's bullying is a very challenging problem to deal with, but just helping your kids feel, give them a safe space to your, your kids. I say your dancers as teachers, they feel like our kids. Right. So just giving them a safe space to approach you with things like that. And then, not just provide a hearing ear, but also taking action and addressing it appropriately, trying not to blow it up to something bigger or sure. minimize it, sure. but just be balanced in handling it. And, and I think we're going to come back to something that the parents can do when we get to that part. So, so bullying is one aspect of a reason why uh, you may need to address that. But again, like we said, communication is really important. And before you switch a studio that's already invested all this time into training you, um, like remember that too, that they've put a lot of effort and work into cultivating uh, your technique and your and your talent, and they also by, you know, if they're doing everything like they should, um, they have your best interest at, at heart. So they see where your weaknesses are, and they can 
help you grow. And in a new studio, if you decide to move in, there's a learning process from your new teachers to learn what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and how to help you grow from that. So that's, you know, there might, you might move studios, but there might be a little bit of a, uh, a pullback. And two, the instance that you were talking about that we experienced, we tried what we could to fix that bullying situation and we could not fix it. And we never saw anything blatant that led to us being able to change it. And that student did change studios and we understood that. So I think from the studio owner's perspective, realizing that sometimes there's just a better fit to be had somewhere else. And that was unfortunate that we couldn't fix that, but we still tried to, you know, keep a positive relationship with that dancer, support them in their future endeavors. And that was what we could do at the time. Right. Right. Um, so I guess the other area from, if you're, you know, a student, um, is lack of progress or lack of, um, feeling of growth in a studio. Um, and that may come directly from you don't feel like you're being challenged. Uh, and I go back to communication. Like if you're struggling with a class or a style or you're not feeling challenged or pushed, I know as a teacher, I always appreciated when somebody would come, a student would come to me and say, what can I work on next? Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, or, or saying, how could I do this better? Is there anything at home I can do to practice? So mm-hmm. um, again, before anybody jumps to conclusions about why you know, leaving a studio or staying, I think communication is probably one of the keys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you think we covered from the student's perspective well enough? Anything else you want to add for that? I just think for students in general, if there are so many different reasons that could lead you to want to move to a different studio, but taking into a, just really thinking about what you're doing to fix the situation, if you've already taken those steps with your parent, with the teacher, and just you want to be somewhere positive that's supporting you and not to force yourself to stay in a place where it's it's not a positive environment for you. Sure, sure. And that's okay to do that. Yep, that's okay to do that for sure. So, okay, so then let's talk about it from the parent's perspective. Um, Susie comes home from dance. She hates it. So she wants to quit and wants to leave. What does mom and dad do? Well, I think a lot of that comes back to how invested the parent is in their child dancing. Sure. It is a group effort for sure. I I remember just looking back when we ran the studio and thinking, I don't know how some of these families do it. They're so busy, have multiple children. They're involved in so many different things. So part of that is the investment for the parent and how much they want to keep them dancing. And also the parent really knowing their child and knowing if dance means a lot to them, then helping them have the self-discipline to stick, stick through it and then helping to find out the root cause of why they're not enjoying dance anymore. And I think that comes back to communication. It comes back to asking, you know, what's really going on or maybe coming to observe. So I, I, in being a teacher for you know, forever. Um, one of the things that I've always appreciated is whenever a parent has said, Hey, I'd love to come and watch class. Cause is it okay if mm-hmm. I come in? And I think that's an incredible opportunity for a parent to a show their support for what their, their child is doing. And then B um, see what's happening in the class. 
There's another really awesome side effect is that if you're a teacher and parents come, you put on your best game. So they're getting more out of the class when they show up. So a little tip, parents, if you're listening, uh, show up at your kids' class every once in a while. Helps keep us teachers on point. And honestly, uh, I remember th- dreading parent week back when we um, were teachers when my mom well, was in the I studio. When I first started teaching, I hated it. But then as you gain confidence as a teacher and just confidence in what you're imparting and the knowledge you're giving, it isn't a scary thing. And that is a great indicator for a parent that if you want to go watch a class and it is a big deal and the teacher is just nervous or they're not going to allow it or something, that is a product that you're paying for. You have every right to watch a class. I understand every week you can't come watch your child's class, but if you ask for that and it can't happen, that would be a red flag to me. I agree. I think maybe with some um, some littles, like I think the three to five, you know five year olds, I think sometimes like having parents in the room can be a challenge because the kids just want to run back to their parents. So I think we're more talking about like older dancers as they're progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we even did parent week, and I taught the littles. Obviously, it's more towards the end of the school year when they're used to you as a teacher, right. the dance year. You know, it is, it's a lot to deal with, but it's good. It's good for the dynamic. And we always say we had a dance family and it just helps the dance family. It helps you connect them to, you know, you become connected to the actual family. I think it's a a positive. Yeah. So I think when it comes to, you know, as a parent, when you're making that decision or your dancer's unhappy or you're thinking about that idea about switching studios, um, I would encourage you to ask good questions from your dancer, but also don't be quick to um, believe everything that your dancer says. As much as you love your child and love your dancer, they might shift the focus from the real issue to something else because they don't want to deal with what's actually happening. And I, I mean, I did that as a dancer. I mean, I did that as a person. Well, as we all know, dancers are dramatic, so you just have to take that into consideration. But... That's why we know, love them, though, because they're so dramatic. Absolutely, We love the the acting aspect and the drama and all of that that we get in performance. Sometimes that carries over to life. But just being balanced in that aspect, too. And as a parent, it I think a lot of it comes back to the studio owner. If you can just get five minutes of their time and ask, you know, have you noticed that Susie's been having a hard time? What are your thoughts? It's nice to have open communication and for them to be approachable. And it doesn't have to be the studio owner. If they don't teach your child, then that wouldn't really be applicable. But if you can talk to the teacher, just send a quick email just for people to be able to be approachable. It's pretty important. Yeah, I agree. And that, and that I guess, you know, again, I think the sub theme of this episode is communication. So uh, your dancer comes home. They're unhappy with class. You sense that they, they, they want to quit. They want to move studios or something. Is have the comp- communicate with them. Talk to their teacher, like you said, and if it needs to, talk to the studio owner. Not not in such a way that's you know condemning the studio for what it's done because we've been on that side of the the, the fence oh, too. Oh, absolutely. But just ask questions. Just say, "Have you noticed?" I love how you said that. That's a great. That was a great tip. Um, yeah. So communicate, and then if you do have to go, if that environment isn't 
suitable or your dancer is isn't is being overlooked and they're not receiving the training that they need again remembering that you're paying for this service and this is you need to get your money's worth mm-hmm. so if you're not getting your money's worth then you know make that decision as a family and what you need to do so a full supporter of that as well mm-hmm. definitely okay so dancer we've talked about the dancer we've talked about the parent are you ready to talk about teacher studio this is this is when you would like to encourage a dancer to go elsewhere? Um, Well, and just one last thing on the parent issue. Okay. Just from my perspective of watching so many families come in and out of the studio and dancers and ones that would keep dancing for five years and then stop and in and out kind of situation, I have never experienced or I never saw a dancer that stuck with dance through graduation and was unhappy that they did that. Oh, yeah, great point. But every time you have a dancer that stops, particularly in ninth, 10th grade, they come, high, yep. they come their, the senior year when their other friends who are seniors are graduating and they didn't stick with it, there is so much regret and it is literally a lifetime of regretting that they did not stick it out with dance. That's a great point. And I think it's funny, I actually... Um, remember talking to a, a mom when her daughter quit when she got to seventh grade. She quit when she was in seventh grade. And so it was about the time she was in ninth or 10th grade. And I asked if she was going to come back. And she said, the mom, and I quote, um, she doesn't want to come back because the thought of quitting again is too much. Like it was too much of a, for her to quit was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the thought about even being put in that environment of having to quit again. I think you're right. I don't think I've ever met a dancer who has stuck it out through graduation and regretted it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right. Everybody who does quit that I've spoken to, that is a measure of regret. And again, if there's a reason that you need to quit, by all means do it. Um, We're not saying that you can't do it, but it's just such a positive dance is such an amazing positive for a child. It teaches them so much self-discipline, self-control, self-worth. It helps them interact with their peers. It gives them a larger, real social network it's not this virtual thing they they know more kids from more places from more backgrounds and you know if they're competing they're traveling they're seeing different cities and places and I just think it is obviously we're biased because we are dance advisor but it is wonderful and if you can stick with it that's kind of what this podcast is about if you can stick with it Keep dancing. Don't stop because you're unhappy with the studio. Sure. Maybe you just need a new fit for you or you can tweak things where you're at, but just keep dancing. Yep. I like that. Just keep dancing. Like the just keep swimming from Nemo. Mm. Yeah. Fun. (laughs) Was that good? Yep. In my uh, (laughs) eight-year-old jazz class, that would have killed. (laughs) Okay. So we've talked about... Um, students, we talked about parents, and I'm talking about uh, dance teachers or dance studio owners. Um, so I guess just just kind of quickly, there are times as a dance studio that you have a family that needs to go, that you have a student or... And typically, it's not a student. I have to say, it tends to be parent, a parent that yeah. causes drama and that you have to let them go. Um, but I But I also think if you have an unhappy student and you're sensing that this kid is not enjoying class anymore i think of an obligation to figure out what it is why they aren't enjoying it and not just saying oh that's just why they are you know they're a diva and can never make her happy right yeah 
It is part of just being a business owner is figuring out why right. your customer is unhappy. And children are our customers. So we a wild need to, range of emotions. It is. It is. Yes. So just, I, I feel like so much of it is preventative, like really just catching it right away or trying to notice things, know your kids, know your dancers and, and rotate the front out. row. Rotate the front row. <laughs> yes. I feel like so many times dancers get unhappy because they're always in the back. And you know what? The ones that want to be in the front will always push themselves to the front. And if you're not careful, they will be in the front and center of all of your dances yeah. because they force themselves to do that. I was a back row guy. I love the back row because I never knew what I was doing. And I liked having someone to watch. <laughs> never bothered me one bit. But that's why it's good to rotate it because you make those kids that aren't being focused. Yep. You make them have to focus in the front row. Yep. And, and that's good. And whether they realize it or not, even if they're terrified, it's building life, life skills. So, mm-hmm. um, so if you run into the situation where you have a family that is not a good fit, um, you know, I wish there was this predefined template that you could just print out and just read. Um, but I'll share an experience um, as a studio owner when we had to let a family go. Um, a family had written a social networking post uh, on Facebook um, speaking very derogatively of the studio and of us as owners. Um, you know, use some, some swear words. And it was hurtful. Like what she said was hurtful. So we thought about it and thought, is this the sort of individual we want to let stay, even though they're paying, let's stay in this environment. Right. They were complaining, using profanity, but still wanted to keep dancing at our studio. Which so, so that's make that's, any that's sense. venom. It's poison and it's going that's only going to rub off whoever they're connected to is going to see that and it does not have positive results. So we talked about it and you know we went back and forth about the best way to handle it. But um, fortunately this person's profile was public so I was able to print off you know what she has written and said and invited them in for a meeting and just said, hey, we want to talk about, you know, your dancer and their future here, which was true. Um, and then just presented that piece of paper that had the printout of what they wrote. And I simply said, obviously, we're not a good fit for you. I gave her an envelope with a refund for the rest of her tuition, which I wasn't obligated to do because we didn't have a refund. Our refund policy is once you sign up, there is no refund. Um, you make that decision. But I thought, you know what? I want to be done. I want to cut the cord and be done with this. Um, and she was shocked that I had it, took the money. Her husband was uh, completely unaware and oblivious. The little girl had no idea, obviously. I don't think she was there. No, the little one was there, yeah. Just playing, you know. She was probably five at the time. At any rate, um, took it, they left. They were out of the studio, and we didn't see them again. Um, it was a very short exchange, but overall, for the benefit of the studio, it was absolutely necessary. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that when you find out that someone is being extremely unsupportive of your business, you do have a right to, you know, take that negativity out of your business, especially if you're trying to create a really positive environment. Right. And I guess, I mean, I think the analogy is if I went into Meyer or a grocery store and I started throwing over displays saying, I hate fruit, 
like they have the right to refuse service to me. Right. Like this, to tell me to leave, that they're not welcome. Like you, we are a private business and that is okay to do. Um, however, that's an extreme case. Yes. And it only happened once. Yeah. I think in the entire time we owned a studio, it only happened once. But um, the point is that there does come a time when you have to do that. However, before that, communication is key. And I think as a studio owner, being visible and talking with your parents and family members is a big part of that too. Absolutely. I remember that I knew aunts and uncles and cousins and grandmas and grandpas. And if you can be out and talk to people and know your customers and their families... It's important. You a have customer you, service tip. Like Cheers said, everybody knows your name. It's true. And you have people that are part of your life and part of your world sometimes for 15 years. It's not like in public school, you get a new class of kids every year and you don't see them again. You get a kid in that, a dancer in at three years old and they dance until they're 18. You have a long history with them and it's good just to establish positive communication right from the get-go. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think, again, you know, kind of the, the like I said already, the, the theme of this, should I stay or should I go? But really it's communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk, talk. Well, um, and if, if you're a parent and you cannot communicate with the teacher or the studio owner, then it's just you're constantly going to be hitting your head against the wall. Right. Because nothing's going to change. There aren't going to be adjustments made. And that's just a big indicator right there that maybe there's a better fit somewhere else. But if your child is really happy and they're doing well, then there's no need to rock the boat. So it's just a lot of it depends on the dancer and how happy they are. And and to the program, if the program is amazing, you can deal with a difficult instructor or a difficult owner if your dancer is wants to be a professional dancer and the program is moving them in that sure, direction. Sure, sure. Well, and I guess that's the other, uh, the one little piece we didn't mention is that if your dancer does want to become a professional dancer, not every studio can offer that. And I'll be the first first to say, in a small town... You may have great instructors, but sometimes dancers need other peers that will challenge them. Yes. Not just the instruction. They may have the best instruction in the world, but if they're the best in the class, they may not have the motivation to work harder. And because everybody's different. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they shouldn't or they can't. And I'm not saying professional dancers haven't come from small schools. But as a studio owner, you also need to have the humility to recognize when, when a dancer needs to move on because they're not getting what they need. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember thinking about that. Thinking about one of our, one of our guys. You know, they needed to go elsewhere, and now he's a professional, you know, principal dancer with a ballet company. And I think that wouldn't have happened if he would have stick, stuck with our studio and graduated. He needed to go to an environment. Yes, and the the studio was very supportive of that happening and helping him reach that goal. So, being supportive is very important. It is. Build bridges, don't burn them. It's true. Okay. Um, it's more work to build it, though. I will tell you that. It's more work to build it. I don't know. Sometimes people put a lot of effort into burning a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of seems like that. Yeah, you would be right. Okay. So, um, all right. So that's that's kind of like the, 
should I stay or should I go? You know what? Communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more of a serious episode, guys. So not quite as uh, humorous as the last one, perhaps, but these are the facts of life that we're sharing with you. I I had a couple of good jokes in there. Sure, Jake. Okay. Uh, okay, so then um, what's been going on in the world of Dance Advisor? Like, what, what since our last episode, what has happened in Dance Advisor's in world? In Dance Advisor's world, well, we had a fantastic photo shoot it in Detroit. It was incredible. Yep, it Detroit. was absolutely incredible. We met some really, really fabulous dancers, not just great dancers, but really good people. Yep. Yep. And their parents and families who came and joined us. I think yes. we had probably 15 to 20 people that were walking through downtown Detroit. Yes, we had Michigan, so much fun. USA. We had an amazing dance dad that was carrying the changing tent for yes. us and helping put it up and hold it in place when it was windy. And, and we did take it back because it was the worst changing tent on the history of the planet. <laughs> Nobody and I should have read the reviews because uh, literally everybody's review said, uh, don't waste your money on this. You won't be able to put it back together. Yeah. And it was 100% correct. Yeah. So, so we have a new one. We have a shoot coming up on Sunday. Which so this, I don't know when this will get this put out. This episode will but... be released on Saturday, July 7th. Okay. So that would be tomorrow. Yep. Would be Sunday. Um, And so we have a new changing tent for that one. So on our next podcast, we will inform you how that changing tent went. <laughs> and if we had to return it. <laughs> Um, but we're super excited. We're actually shooting, um, doing, so I do some photography as well as uh, Jake Knight photos. Um, and we are shooting Foxy Leotards, uh, a company, actually another Michigan based company out of Grand Rapids. So we've got a handful of their leotards. We're going to, uh, a very cool gym in our town, uh, called Chalkheads. And we're going to be doing some gymnastic style photo shoot there. Then after that, we have uh, more models and dancers coming and uh, joining us. There's about 12 or 13 uh, models slash dancers altogether um, going through our downtown and participating in our next photo shoot. So we'll share more details about that after it happens. Yeah. And we are hoping to do a photo shoot in Chicago. That's right. In either late August, early September. So for all of our Chicago people out there, um, get in touch with us if you're interested in being part of it. Yeah, we'll only have a limited number available. So, um, and we're, you can apply for it essentially, and we'll let you know if it fits, if you kind of fit for us. So, you can get in touch. Best way is through Instagram. Instagram or at our email podcast at danceadvisor.com. So, um, before we end uh, our podcast, episode number two, um, Wanted to share a couple of comments that we had gotten from our previous episode. Um, always nice to get feedback, and uh, we had some great feedback. Really appreciate um, Bethany uh, wrote in. She sent sent us a text message and said, uh, "Just listened to your podcast, loved it." And there were not one, not two, but three exclamation points. That matters, That's Jake. kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. I mean, that's deal. not like, hey, I'm really happy. That's like, I'm super happy for you. So yeah. we're very happy for that. Um, and then we also, um, very nicely, uh, John from dancewarecorner.com, uh, he just said, congrats on your first episode. I think your concept is strong. and wish you the best. So thanks, John. We appreciate that. It's great to have, uh, great to have the feedback, and thanks for taking the time to listen to it. So 
Um, yeah, there's been a lot of dance stuff on TV. We're not going to do a play-by-play of our uh, yeah. Uh, dance let's shows. actually save that for our next podcast. Kind of talking about that a little bit because this one's already kind of long. It is. And okay. I don't know about you, but I have only so much attention I can give to something. <laughs> we've reached your limit. I think we've okay. reached the limit. So I did just want to say from the world of dance, my dear, dear Derek Huff, who I'm a fan, he had a great quote that I wrote down, and I thought dancers, just a little inspiration for the day, evening. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm ready. Passion lies at the edge of uncertainty. Should say that again. I should. <laughs> no, no, it was good. I just want like emphasis. Like say it again for emphasis. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't say it super good. Now I'm nervous. It's okay. You can work through this. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Okay. <laughs> and you're making this podcast last even longer. I'm sorry. Okay. Passion lies at the edge of uncertainty. So what that means is when you're performing, when you're dancing, when you're taking class, use your passion, but push yourself to the point of uncertainty. I love it. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Derek Huff. (laughs) And thank you, everybody, for listening to our second episode Again, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram at Dance Advisor, on Facebook at Dance Advisor, uh, pretty much just anywhere at Dance Advisor. We have a couple new features coming onto our website, a new photographer and a new dancer, so be sure to check out our website for those. We'll be uh, sign up for our email newsletter on our website, and you can be notified of uh, not only our podcast episodes, but also... Um, what news is happening in Dance Advisor world. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my lovely co-host, Amanda, for joining us this evening. Thank you to my handsome co-host, Jake. I've been having a good hair day. I feel really good about today. Yep, we're tan. It's wonderful. Mostly, just my arms. (laughs) So again, thanks again for listening to the second episode of Dance Advisor Podcast. As we like to say, dance on. Dance on.